Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, it's Becky, and with me this time on this quick shot of romance is Heather. You know her better as Minnesota Hockey Mom. She is also the Buzzing About Romance Hockey, or I guess it's Minnesota Hockey Mom Reads is her Instagram handle, Um, but she's also our guru on all things hockey romance. Welcome back to the podcast, Heather. Hey, Becky. Thanks for having me. So this time, um, so this time for our quick shot of romance, we reviewed 40 Love by Olivia Dade. Um, Heather, why don't you give everybody the synopsis? All right, so this is the synopsis from Goodreads. This match is no game. When a rogue wave strips Tess Dunn of her bikini top, desperate, half-naked times call for desperate, please cover me, the kids are coming closer measures. Enter Lucas Carlson, AKA that flirty Swede in the water nearby. When he prevents her bare boyos from being exposed to fellow vacationers, even an ocean can't drown the sparks that fly. Lucas, a former top-level tennis pro, now giving lessons at the resort, fled there after an abrupt, painful end to his injury-plagued career. But he's finally ready to move on with his life, and after a few late-night hands-on sessions with Tess, he's eager to prove that he's the ace she wants. But this match comes with challenges. She's 40, and at 26, he's barely old enough to rent a car. Worse, they only have two weeks together before Tess returns to her assistant principal life in Virginia. During that brief time, they'll have to play hard, take a few risks, and find out whether their chemistry is a one-shot wonder or whether they're meant to be doubles partners for life. So the release date on this is June 18th, 2020. Uh, Tropes are instant connection, vacation fling, reversed age gap meaning she's older than him Mm -hmm. it's totally rom-com there is a slow burn but i need to add the caveat to that that by day four they are sleeping together so out of two weeks by day four they are sleeping together however that doesn't take place until you're almost 50 percent into the book so that's kind of why i said slow burn um Steam level is four. There's definitely some spice in this story. For sure. And um, so, yeah, let's talk about 40 Love. Um, so it's so funny because this came out last in the summer. Um, right. Or right as summer was starting. And I saw it on Instagram and I loved the cover. It is so pretty. And I looked to buy it on Kindle and it was like $2 more for a paperback. And so I just went back yeah. paperback. And I haven't read a paperback in so long. It was, <laughs> was it so weird? nice to go back to a paperback. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I have heard buzzing about this book for six months plus. I know that she had another release called Spoil Alert that came out this fall. And everyone was all like in a tizzy about that. You have to read it. You have to read it. And sometimes when some of these books come out, particularly a book like this, that's going to have a couple of issues, like I think in my brain for me. So it's reverse age gapped. I don't typically get excited for those. It's, um, it's a real figure, real bodied heroine. Like she is not a small lady. And sometimes, um, I'm very critical of those. And so I was very afraid 
to dive into this one, especially because it was getting all these glowing reviews. And I thought, okay, but is this a bunch of skinny bitches giving it good reviews or is this real people giving it right. good reviews? <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about that up first. Tess, um, she is a real bodied, real life heroine in this, in this book. Like she is described right. with a true 40 year old body and big and all boobs. the fun that comes with being 40. <laughs> right. All the excitement that is 40. Yeah. Right. Like bad knees and <laughs> um, bad knees, you know, maybe some, she, the opening scene. And I, when I read this book, I don't know about you. I was reading it at night in bed and I just started laughing at the opening scene. Like, got laughing because the way the author describes her losing her bra was hilarious. Hilarious. Right. How she's like, I mean, I halter tops are not designed for everyone. (laughs) No, no. And she's like my size H boobs. And I'm like, I can relate. (laughs) I don't have H's, but I can relate because I'm telling you. No, I just, no, it was very funny. She did describe it very well. And you can just see this going down. And I'm a teacher. And so I'm very conscious, just like Tess is, of like how I present myself in public because we are held to a higher standard, which I think we should be. But like, I mean, obviously flashing a whole like beach full of vacationers (laughs) probably is not not a top of her list. (laughs) No, not a good idea. Um, but let's talk about Tess and she's an assistant principal, but she is kind of a badass. And we don't, you know, we always say, oh, you know, she's so worthy because she's an executive or whatever. She is kind of, you know, at the top of her game, an assistant principal, but she has goals. She's working hard for them. She deserves her character get should get huge kudos for who she is and what she's achieving. For sure. And I think as a teacher, I think some of the things that were mentioned, what I appreciated was it was all kid centered. Like she definitely, the things she wants to implement at her school and why she's working so hard is for her students. It's not so she can say I'm principal or whatever. It's for the kids. Yeah. It was like, I just, she endeared herself even more as a character with how much, how thoughtful she was about her job and her position and the things that were important to her as a principal, you know, as an administrator in a school, it just mattered. It was, I just, it made me love her even more. No, Um, I agree. I really liked her. One of the things though, um, I wish she just had a better work-life balance. I think that that's a, a model that isn't sustainable and it definitely isn't sustainable. It proved problematic for her, how she didn't have a very, her life was her job and that was literally all she did. Well, yeah. I mean, it it totally defined her. It's who she was when she talks about herself Mm -hmm. and you hear her in her monologues. It's all about her job and her career. You know, she talks about how her friend Belle that's with her on vacation has moved away and they don't really connect or talk very often or see each other. Um, And she had a relationship that she lost basically to the detriment of herself but it had to do with the fact that her career just wasn't was 
She was too focused on it. She had blinders to everything else in her life. Um, and even though the ex was kind of a bit of a douche nugget anyway. Yeah, um, he needed to go. He did need to go. Uh, it, you just, you could see that some of that, she might have not have spent as much time invested in him if she had been able to see where all the pieces were missing. Um, but because of her focus on work, she just couldn't. Right. And I think that as a young first-year teacher, I thought, I, it was so funny, I was thinking about this today. As a young first-year teacher, my husband is also a teacher. And so before we had kids, I mean, it was not unheard of for the two of us to be working at our buildings in our classrooms until six o'clock at night. We'd come home, I'd make dinner and we'd eat at like eight o'clock at night. And then we'd get to school at like seven in the morning. And it was like, we had like at the time it didn't seem like it was a big deal but there was no work-life balance there was no like really enjoying life and that doesn't make you a better teacher like no it can in my opinion some, it caused you some burnout and I think we saw that a little bit even though she was still determined to achieve the next level level and be the principal of her building there was some life-to-life -life burnout with Tessa's character in this story um oh. and I think I think we saw that too in some of her internal monologues. She definitely has, she's comfortable in her own skin, mm -hmm. but I think because she's so focused on her job, any other interactions are kind of hyper intense for her, you know, and then she starts doubting herself if she's outside her school bubble, you know, instead of being well-rounded in all of her areas of expertise right. she's humped all excited in school but then her confidence level with other situations comes to be less um yeah and so that you know and even with her flaws she did have moments of self-doubt um sure. and i say she's comfortable in her own skin but there was an interaction with one of um lucas's Blings, I guess is what you would call her. Yeah, that was crazy. So, you know, Tess and Lucas had gone on this picnic together and he had planned it. And I totally love him. I love him. We'll get to him For in a minute. Sure. Me too. But he planned this picnic and they're coming down from the top of this hill. And Tess has some bad knees and some arthritis and was knew that coming down the hill was going to be a bit of a struggle for her. And while she's kind of hobbling, there at the bottom of this hill is Caroline, who is a woman that is Lucas's age and is young and blonde and skinny and beautiful. And two things happen. One, you know, she's excited to see Lucas because this is her guy that she hooks up with once a month when she comes to the resort. And two, but Lucas doesn't necessarily like stop being engaged with Tess, even though this woman has shown up. Um, I think he gets kudos for how he behaved in this situation, but I was really impressed with Tess's character here because a lot of times in some of these real women, real bodied romances, when confrontations like this would happen, we will see the heroine make an excuse and run away very quickly and not stay for the conversation. Right. Olivia Dade wrote this so that the, so that Tess is there for the whole conversation. We're still hearing her inner monologue and her comparing herself to this young skinny woman. Um, but overall it, I liked that she didn't run away. 
Right. I think the kicker was when Caroline called her ma'am or whatever. And like, Luke, oh, yeah. it fluctuated between her perspective and Lucas's and Lucas's like, oh my God. And then he was in this rock and hard place because he did kind of have this, I don't want to call it relationship with Caroline, but this like fling. And so he cared about her as a person. So he doesn't want to like be mean to her, but then he really cares about Tess. And he's like, I can't like dismiss He's like, I can't dismiss either of them in front of each other because that's so disrespectful. Yeah. And he, I mean, it was a really awkward position. I was like, how is he going to get out of this? Like, ooh, Well, and how is he going to come out of this not looking like a jackass? Really? Right. I mean, so, okay, let's talk about Lucas because I'm pretty sure you have a new him. book boyfriend. <laughs> Here's my thing. I like quickly when they said that she, there, there's a 14 year age gap, I like got on the old Google and I was like, what year was Tyler Sagan born in? I'm like, oh, 14 years behind me. See, like this is possible. <laughs> Tyler Sagan. I mean, there's some roadblocks for Tyler and I, you know, not just our age, like my husband, his girlfriend, he lives in Texas, I'm in Minnesota. I mean, little just, things, right? Those are just minor, but the 14 years is totally doable. Totally. Oh my God. I was telling Leah about that. I was like, Heather texted me 14 years. And she's like, oh yeah. Yeah. I even said to my husband, I was like, good news. He's like, oh, phew. I was real concerned there for you. Oh boy. Whatever. Oh my God. That's so funny. Lucas, though, okay. So Lucas is, I love that he's Swedish. First of all. I just, I have a soft spot for Swedish people because I'm Swedish, but um, he is so like, I think she really has such low, she has a low idea of what he was going to be. And he is not that at all. Like he's mature. He has gone through some crap and he's so sweet. And even though his age, and this is something that I really enjoyed at this perspective, because we don't always get it in regular age gap romances where the man is older than the woman. Um, I liked that she showed that even though his age was the number of 26, he had maturity of a 40 year old. Now there were some impulsive issues and tests kind of had to put him in his place. And that has part to do with their resolution of coming back together. Um, and problem solving. And I think that just showed age, honestly, but he, but he comes across as mature. He's lived a full life. And I think it's because of going on tour with the Swedish Mm -hmm. tennis tour and, you know, having to go places without family and, you know, jumping from event to event. And I was really touched when he talks about how, you know, people leaving, it wasn't hard for him. There's a situation that happens when um, Tess's companion on this vacation is to celebrate her 40th birthday. And um, Tess is there with her best friend, Belle. And something happens, and we're not sure when it happens, what exactly has happened. But Belle leaves vacation, what, like six days early? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, obviously... um, Tess is very traumatized that Belle has left and she's worried that Belle has left because she has initiated this relationship with Lucas. And again, I think it plays into your self-doubt and self-esteem of, you know, was I enough for my friend or did I 
you know, because this sparkly new thing over here, was I giving it too much attention kind of thing. And for Lucas, it didn't phase him as much because right. when they're on tour, one day someone's there, the next day they're not if they lost. They have to go back on to the next thing. Well, and he doesn't build that many close relationships because people aren't around. Like he might have friends that are tennis players, but they aren't playing at the same tournament or whatever. So he doesn't have like a BFF. And so when Belle leaves, she's like really upset. Like, oh my God, I did something. And he's like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I mean, he was really clear about it. He's like, what are you talking about? It, she got, she went, okay. She, okay, great. We're done. I mean, he didn't see it as this big trauma moment. Um, and I think that plays into two, some of the things, because one of the other things that frustrated me and it frustrated Tess in the book also was that he just seemed okay with the status quo at the resort. Right. Like he wasn't looking for a better gig, a better paying gig, like and again, that could be a maturity issue too of age. He was just okay. Well, like, and I wonder too, like, I, you know, she really focused, not focused, but you know, her financial situation comes up. She's a single woman. And so it comes up, you know, she's like, I can't afford to do that. Or, you know, like there's a restaurant that, and he's, she's like, well, we went there once, but we can only afford to go one time. And he's like, I mean, cause he's like, I have money saved. I mean, like, I think too, it's like financially where he was at versus her was just different and it didn't really phase him. Yeah. It didn't really commute and I don't, but it didn't come off as him being stupid or snotty. No. I just think it, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal for him. Just like he loved, he was attracted to her body. He loved all her curves and all the things about her. And he was just as turned on when she's pressing her boobs to his back and getting out of the ocean. Um, there was another super funny moment and I was dying laughing and my poor husband, I think I woke him up laughing when he, he takes the tennis ball to the nose and the nose. <laughs> The I mean, and it, I can see it happening and here's why I think I told you this, but my husband is a tennis player. He's a tennis coach. He played tennis in college. And so like when we started dating, he was like, we should try and play tennis. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm like, not, I have like three left feet. I'm tear. I mean, and I like was trying to play tennis with him and he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, like we're going to need to like bowl or something. Right. That's more my speed too. He takes it like right in the face and like, cause he's so busy staring at her cleavage. He doesn't right. notice ball is coming at him, which is yes. totally a guy thing. Totally. Oops, let me see right. And she had like a super tight, like sports bra on when you have big boobs and you wear a sports bra too. It's like packed in there. And so, Oh, it was so funny. I died. Died. It was very, very funny. But then he was like so sweet. Like she got her period and oh. he was really doubting. Like, does he want to spend time with her to be with her? Or is it just, you know, when they get busy and yeah, the physicality, is it a physical relationship or is this real connection? And then he goes to the spa and he buys her the booties and the chocolate. Mm -hmm. and oh, because he couldn't find her a heating pad and I and Caroline Caroline she redeems herself for the ma'am in that scene she totally redeems herself 
I think. Totally. I would agree. I don't want to ruin it for people, but it, no. she does redeem herself for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to ruin any more of the story. All I can say is laughs. Oh my God. Sexy mm-hmm. steam. Totally read this book. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's take our three questions. Did you like this book? Absolutely. I thought it was very funny. The banter was amazing. I love the age gap. I love like, I, I just love the whole scene of it. it. It was a really good book. I liked it. Yeah. It's a great balance of funny and steam. The banter was phenomenal. This book lives up to the hype. I think. I agree. Um, okay. So who would typically like this book? I definitely would consider this like a rom-com for sure. Um, yeah. And I think anyone that's really into rom-com, I felt like there was a lot of character and story development. Like you really knew these characters. I think she did a really good job. Um, Sometimes at length where I was like, okay, we get it, you know, but if you are into a lot of character development and story development, you will adore this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I know these two characters. I feel like I could call Tess up and we could have coffee and we'd be great. Uh, So there is, this is a character driven story and you have to remember again, it's a vacation fling. So it's 14 days. Um, There isn't, and there isn't, the storyline is good. It's just, it's not, it's really character driven story. The story is about the characters. Um, So if you like character driven rom-coms, this is totally your gig. Uh, Would you recommend this book? Absolutely. I actually have a group of like local moms that um, are always coming to me, asking me for book recs. And I like put it out there and I was like, I'm going to put it out on my porch and the first come first serve, (laughs) you get it. And then pass it around the city because it's, I think that they'll love it. That's so awesome. I've already recommended it out. I shared it from my Kindle for Leah to read uh, because she's like, I can't not know what you guys are laughing about. And I'm like, you'll appreciate it. Um, There's just, there's a really powerful message in this story too. And it doesn't like, it's not, it's not all the message. You know, sometimes we read a book and it's, there's definitely a point they're trying to get across. But this one, um, if depending on how you're reading it, I read it for love yourself and good things will come. And Mm -hmm. it just, I really, I enjoyed every second of it. So. Yeah, I really liked it. And I actually just ordered, um, the, uh, what's that one? Oh my gosh. You mentioned it. Spoiler Um, alert. Did you order spoiler spoiler alert? alert? And then I downloaded it's after this book. Um, it's the sweetest of in the Gale. So this is sort of a three books, I don't want to say series, but um, the next book in the series has like a group of short stories that are like interesting. Yeah, we'll have to check them out. Yeah, I read this as standalone. So, I mean, I think this is supposed to be book two of a series. I read this as standalone. I don't know that I'm missing anything from not reading book one. I'll have to go back and check it out. But I didn't read book one either. So So. I felt like it was standalone. Heather, thanks for joining me and everybody. Thanks for listening for your quick shot of romance. Bye everyone. Bye. Find us on Instagram at buzzing about romance or on Twitter at buzzing romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on the shelf show notes. 